I gave a letter to the postman He put it in his sack Bright and early next morning He brought my letter back She wrote upon it Return to sender Address unknown No such number No such soul Welcome to episode 100 and who the frick knows what number. It has been a tense uh, journey to this episode. Not to this episode so much as us recording this episode because uh, the movie we're going to cover today is, my dear co-host Christine, what movie? Uh, The Lake House. Now, we're going to get to The Lake House, but can you give the people a very quick synopsis of what The Lake House is about? Because I think we need to explain why I'm in such a mood right now. Oh, my. Um, Well, The Lake House is about... It's a a romance, but it's also a time travel movie. Yeah, and what's like the, (laughs) the conceit at its heart is about what? Two people... Who are in the same place. Yeah. And they're talking to they're, each other. But, like, not at the same time. But they're not. Not at the same time. So that's yeah. what was basically happening with me and Christine. We were both on <laughs> Skype. And, like, I could see her and she could not see me and then vice versa. And then Skype didn't want to work with our recording mechanism. But it was there and it was telling me it was working. But it wasn't working. So we are haunted by the ghost of this movie that came out in 2005. Has haunted got, this podcast. We got lake housed. We got totally lake house. As the kids say. As they do indeed. Anyway, I'm Emily. Uh, I'm Christine, I think. I don't know anymore. At this point, who the, who the hell knows? Uh, we talk about movies where the feminine critique. We are going to talk about The Lake House, the most important movie of 2006. I'm sorry. Uh, a very, uh, a movie that I know is near and dear to your heart. Is that right? It's a weird movie. I know, and you always talk about it, and I felt like I, I didn't know you, you by not having seen talk it. About it. <laughs> you, you, really you say do. that I always talk about it, but I don't think I talk about it that much. All right, loyal listeners, um, I will send you one of my cats if you can prove that Christine has referenced this movie more than eight times over the course of our many seasons recording this podcast. Look, it's possible that it happened. Yeah, you don't get to pick which cat. I'm just going to send you one of them. But just give me your your P.O. Box number or whatever it is and give us the audio proof that Christine loves this movie. But before we talk about this movie that you love so much, (laughs) what are some other movies that you have been watching that are not called Lake House? Oh, okay. I have some and I'll go through them fast. Some of them are really great Mm. and others aren't. Which one am I going to be more excited to hear about, I wonder? Also, my recommend, I watched at the beginning of December and forgot to put it on a list. So (laughs) Well done. Good. Good. So the first movie, and this we rented. So it's like VOD, and I think maybe you could redbox it. I don't know. But it's not, like, it didn't get a theatrical that I know of, and I don't think it's streaming on any services right now. You should probably get it from Amazon. Um, But it's called The Oath. 
and it's um, starring in. I believe written and directed by Ike Barinholtz. If ever anybody, oh, <laughs> I like him. Movies. So it's Ike Barinholtz and it's Tiffany Haddish. Ooh. And it's about this family. I'm 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 pushing this movie hard. This is a great movie and everybody should see it. But it's about this family kind of dealing with um our political landscape mm. currently. So it's it's very topical and it's kind of like upsetting but it's also really funny it's kind of like if you had a like a funny purge movie kind of nice but but not meet the blacks which is a purge movie we'll talk about that some other time but it's a good movie and it's called the oath so if anybody's clicking through something and sees it i i highly recommend it it's It's funny i he was just on an episode of how did this get made and he was talking about it and I didn't like, I thought, I'm like, okay, that's a good concept. And I, I really like him. I find him funny. I think he can be misused, but I think he's also, like, a really funny guy. Yes. Uh, and looking at the cat, John Cho is in this, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. I will be on the lookout for it. Hopefully it will stream somewhere that I wanted to pay for it. Or yeah, that I'm uh, already paying for it without yeah. paying more for it, if you will. I totally, I totally get that. I think Zach had heard it talked about on another podcast or something. Um, but he he was like real keen to watch it, mm-hmm. which is kind of why sure. we, we sought it out, but it high recommend if it comes around. Okay. Um, so it's really funny. I'll skip ahead a little bit. I watched this movie before this, how did this get made episode? We watched cellular. Nice. See, I thought I listened to that episode and I'm like, what is the, cause I thought I saw cellular but then I realized I didn't. What is the other movie where Kim Bassinger is like um, dealing with a bunch of uh, hoodlums around Christmas? Uh, what what movie am I thinking of? I don't know. Was this a fever dream you had? I'm googling it right while now. she was out. That's what I thought they were talking about the entire time. Oh, so while she was I don't out, even know what she's that is. Kind of like an abused wife, and she goes to a shopping mall. And somebody, like, kind of parks shitty, and she leaves a note. She's, like, being empowered, and she leaves this nasty note. And then they proceed to, like, hunt her down for the the rest of the movie, trying to kill her. So I thought it was that movie. And the whole time, I'm like, I don't remember Chris Evans in that movie. I know it was before he was famous, but I still think I would have noticed him. And then I realized halfway through the episode, yeah, no, I definitely didn't see this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I can I could see there's terrorization in both of them. <laughs> she had a weird um, period in those early off. <laughs> They, I don't feel like they knew what to do with her casting wise. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I had never seen Cellular, and we just randomly picked it, and then it was like kids, and we watched The Oath. I think The Oath is one of my first 2019 movies, so we watched The Oath with like Baron Holtz way before this episode, and all these things just kind of culminated nice. into this weird, weird um, episode of How Did This Get Made? Um, this movie is stupid and ridiculous, but I think you would love it. It sounded like I would love it. <laughs> Yeah, it sounded the like a William, terrible version of Premium Rush kind of thing. The William H. Macy shit in it, I was like, oh, this is up Emily's alley. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I need to get on it. Was that streaming somewhere? Yeah, I think it was on Netflix. Oh, sweet, okay. I think it, I feel like it's streaming somewhere. We did not. It, it 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 came it came to us. We didn't seek it out. Oh, it's there. It's there, baby. It okay. is added to the queue. Done. It's, it's a weird ass movie. When next we meet, we will be talking about cellular. Oh boy. Um uh, all right. Well, good. Watch that. So, I went and saw Escape Room. 
Oh, I I'm I really want to see it. I don't know that I'll get to a theater. I it sounded like you really loved it. I really did like it. Nice. Um it worked. It felt like this weird melding of like a final destination and a mm-hmm. saw movie. Okay. But it's okay. it's PG-13. It's not it's not gory at all. It's not gross or anything or but like it there's there's aspects of both of those things in it but like all the things i like about those movies um, i dig it i dig it i liked it a lot nice now i've um, never done an escape room do i, I need have. to have done one in order to appreciate this movie no they go to lengths to explain it you know what though i appreciate that because i'm telling you this is the kind of movie that in 10 years you're going to rent this movie or it's going to be streaming on Netflix. You're going to be like an escape room. I think I remember what those were. Wait, how did those work? Like we might need to know generations from now, right? I mean, escape rooms are not going to like our great grand nieces and nephews are probably not going to be escape rooming. And I, I don't know, know what you're talking survive. about. Escape rooms will live on forever. I, I don't know that that maybe we'll put it to a vote. Do we think escape rooms are going to outlast like clean air or not? I don't no. know. What if no. we all end up in an escape room and that is yeah. that's actually a bomb shelter? Like that's the new bomb shelter of two thousand and forty. This planet is an escape room. Yeah, um, deep man. I know. I'm real cool. So I recommend that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Nice. I can't wait for you to be able to watch mm-hmm. it because I I think you'll like it. Cool. Um. There is a movie on Netflix called Cargo. It is a zombie movie with Martin Freeman in it. You know, I remember when it first came out on Netflix and I I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then very quickly I was like, no, that doesn't sound interesting. Um, I, I really didn't like it. Interesting. Is it somber? Is it funny? Is it scary? I find its use of indigenous folks Ooh. to be a little bit problematic. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. Okay. I mean, maybe it was great, and I just don't know. I'm just a white lady, everybody, in case you didn't know. White lady. Personally, didn't enjoy it. Didn't okay. think it ad- added to it. Didn't think the, char- the indigenous characters were treated that great. Very they were kind of treated as magical. Don't really like that. In 2018, or 2019, whatever year it is, I don't know. Uh, you're in a lake house, I'm in a lake house, it's different times. Uh, yeah, you should, one should be more responsible about that. I just, I just, there was a lot of things I didn't like about it, plus it was very retready of ideas. Um, I like Martin Freeman, but it, it was, it, it had a bit of that thing and I haven't seen a lot of Walking Dead, but believe me, I've mm. seen a lot of things that ape Walking Dead. Yeah, it had that that feeling of like, well, I'm going to go be with this group of people. Oh, they're all awful. Right. Then I'm going to go to this group. Oh, and they're all awful too. It it just felt very much like, except the indigenous people, which did have that like magical Negro feeling to it. Uh, Like, Oh, stop it. Like there's a, there's a little girl in this that, Oh, and there's a baby in it, but there's a girl in this. That's so fantastic. And I just wish she had been. The, I wish she had actually been the focus of the movie instead of a white dude. But mm-hmm. yeah, I whatever, gotcha. whatever. If people, if you liked this movie, great. It just wasn't for me. Um, so we watched The Heat, which is I still have not seen. That is Paul Feig, right? Yeah, Sa- Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. 
look. I don't. She can. Melissa McCarthy can do no wrong at this point. I, I don't pretty much agree. Care. Yeah. <laughs> I so this movie is funny. I heard it was terrible when it came out. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really great. I thought this was received okay. I feel when it. This I think was maybe it was I don't know if it was their first thing after Bridesmaids or it was like a year or two after Bridesmaids where there might have been something in between. But I feel like I've I've heard more positive than negative about this movie, but I have not seen it yet. But I love the two of them, and I genuine generally like Paul Feig. He's not perfect, but I usually enjoy his stuff or Feig, however you say his name. So I keep meaning to watch that. Yeah, if um, I think we rented this one too. I don't think it was streaming anywhere. Um, so watch it if it ever comes across mm-hmm. your okay. face. This is another one we rented. It's called Elizabeth Harvest. Um, I actually saw the DVD in Target, and I was like, Elizabeth Harvest? What the fuck is that? Love it. Great name. What um, is it? One of the brides from Fury Road is in it. Okay. I'm um, looking at the cast. That's a really good cast, actually. Also... Carla Gugino yep, and yep, Kyron yep. Hines and Dylan Baker. Okay. So I was like in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't love it, but I'm glad I watched it. It it was cool. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of very pretty expensive things in it. It is a, an attractive movie for sure. Yes. It it's seems very... like the setting is a magnificent estate with yeah. lavish dinners and a dazzling tour of the property. Like all of that sounds like... Something I can just, you know, mute and and watch and be pretty. It's very ethereal, Mm. but there is, like, an interesting... For I thought it was an interesting twist. You might... Or plot point, not really even a twist. People might be bored with it. I didn't like the ending. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it was... I liked it enough. It was it was cool. Well, apparently it is. It includes bloody violence, graphic nudity, sexuality, and some language. So um, Ooh, there was language there for in... it. I've got to say, um, we had a we had a bad run these past couple weeks. So there's a movie on Netflix called He's Out There. I don't know it. And it in Yvonne Stravinsky. Oh, from The Handmaid's Tale, who I love. Yes. Um, I love her too. I would lay down in traffic for that woman. I think she's fantastic. So this movie was apparently directed by his name escapes me right now, but the dude who directed the last house on the left remake, like, like a legit dude, but the director is credited as Quinn Lasher. Oh, how interesting. Apparently he's not a real person. So I've read uh, enough about this that I, I feel like, dude got his name taken off of it because sure. there are there are yeah, posters the, the alan smithy thing doesn't happen anymore yep. now i think it's just like pick a fake name yeah so there were posters that said from the director of last house on the left oh fascinating but then when you, and when you click on this dude he doesn't have any other credits so i don't know i don't i don't know if he wasn't happy with it it's kind of like you know how sometimes i complain about why is every movie a woman getting terrorized sure this is this one really ups the ante because it's a woman and two little girls getting terrorized. Mm, yeah, it it doesn't do anything new. It's you know mm. trapped in a house, some guys coming to get us. There's nothing interesting here. It left me really. That's cold. a shame. Yeah. You know, it didn't leave me cold. Miss Congeniality. Lots of Sandra Bullock. Have you never seen it before? I. I have seen it. It's been a while. How um, great is Miss Congeniality? It is. It has aged remarkably well. It is 
so good. It, that is one of those movies. I saw it in the theater. I remember when it came out going, it was like my sister's birthday. And so we went, like my mom, my sister and I went and we loved it. And it was one of those, like in hindsight, I'm like, maybe I just liked it because I went with like, you know, my like female family members and we were all really into it. But no, that movie is on TBS every other day. Yep. And without fail, if Brandon and I are sitting here like flipping around and nothing's on and that is on, we will just turn it on and watch most of it because it is so good. Yeah, I, that's how I've seen it most times is, is just it on and being like, oh, am I going to watch this again? Yep. Apparently. <laughs> um, Zach had never seen it. And I and I say that it's good a lot. Like when I talk about right, things right. I like Sandra Bullock and I, I will point to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I just delightful. Yep. Not nearly as problematic as you think it might be no, for how no. old it is at this point. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. It really could have gone in a lot of bad directions, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it, it mm-hmm. like it did. It came out that period where you had like that and Legally Blonde, and I feel yep. like there's one other I'm forgetting where it's like, okay, you can you can make a movie that is would normally be like put on a shelf as like oh it's a chick movie, except you make it good and you make a good movie and it doesn't matter. And I know many men who love miscongeniality because yeah. it's a delight, plain and simple. Um, yeah, it is. I, I don't think I've seen the second one all the way through. I've so never seen that, the second one. They're both on Amazon prime. If okay. Everybody's curious. Yeah. They're also <laughs> both on TBS every 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so this, the movie called first reformed, is showing uh, up on a lot of people's best of yeah, lists. Yeah, you can stream that now on Canopy, by the way. Oh, I think I watched it on Amazon. Oh, it might it might also be on Amazon. <laughs> it might... Hey, everybody, it might be on Amazon Prime. Yes, but also, the point is, you be. shouldn't have to pay for it, but it's out there. It's out there. It is very good. Is Now, it, so, I'm sure it's very good. <laughs> it's just one of those movies that I can't imagine myself getting in the mood where i want to sit down and watch it no we weren't in the mood to watch it we just were like let's do it and it it was good it was a real it was a real thinker i sound like an old stupid link um it was what it was out of the grouping of movies that i saw um a shocking amount of them women getting terrorized um (laughs) this movie was refreshing okay it was depressing and heavy and mm-hmm. dark and awful um but it was good and i found myself thinking about it a couple days after okay okay um ethan hawk is phenomenal in he it. is also great he is a wildly underrated actor i think yeah he but in this one you're like whoa this guy um it's good. It's got a lot going for it. So okay. I don't know. You're right, though. You probably will never it's be like, you know, hard to ever imagine myself like, oh, it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to watch that Paul Schrader ascent- yep. loose remake of Diary of a Country Priest. Like, hard to hard to fathom when I'm going to want to watch that. It was it, it was good, though. It, okay. it, if you're ever there, <laughs> um, I wouldn't split it up. Oh, that's very good to know. Okay. So don't don't do that. Um, ugh, I don't even want to talk about this. We watched Girl in the Spider's Web or Girl is that Spider the Web Claire Girl? Foy one, the new one? Yeah, not a fan. Just pass, hard pass. Um, didn't like it. Um, went to the theater to see Glass. Ah, okay. What did you think? 
I didn't dislike it as much as everyone else apparently does. You know, it seems like one where I think critics hated it, but I feel like everybody I know who saw it has, at least like on Facebook, has been pretty positive about it. It was, it was too, it was too long. Okay. Um, there were some silly things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some stuff that seemed a little bit self-serving. If you, well, I don't want to. That's I don't not surprising, but okay. I know. Look who it is. I yeah. don't want to spoil anything. Um, there was a, there was a twist. What? Um, what? You know, no. Like, hey, everybody! We all just signed up to see an M Night Shyamalan movie. What did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> like we willingly sat down in this theater together. Were you? Um, it was. It, it sucked though. I'll tell. I'll tell you this. This is a. This is a movie theater. Not horror story because everybody's fine, but we were at like a pivotal moment at the end. We were like in the final third of the final third, and the fucking sound goes out. In the oh no! And so that we're seeing all this stuff happening, uh. but there's no audio, and I'm like, um, I can't unsee this now without right, context. Right. So then they get the, the audio back, and it just keeps playing, and we're like, what? And so then they rewind it, but they don't rewind it all the, oh, the back to where we we stopped, and then we're all like a little bit further, please. Oh. So it was just, it, I think it kind of yeah the took something away. Was, yeah. it was was ruined oh, a little bit. That's a shame. But and I know Jason um, had good things to say about mm-hmm. it. We, I think we had similar opinions on it. Okay, um, it was cool though because like it did this interesting thing where. I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of times movies like to make the internet the villain. Oh, yeah. They're like, internet bad. Right. This one was kind of like internet good. Huh. Okay. okay. I was like, all right. I nice. like that. And that, was that the twist? No, I mean, no. <laughs> Maybe. There's, there's, I'd say there's a, there's a twist and there's like a, just a interesting plot turn. Mm, okay. So it, it does two of those things, but. I don't know. I, I we saw it in the theater because we have you know AMC stubs mm-hmm. and there was really nothing else playing. Sure. So I get it. Um, this is an actual recommend, but not my recommend. It's on Netflix. It's called A Kind of Murder. I've not heard of it. It is um, an adaptation of a Patricia Highsmith uh, novel. Okay. Um, it's got Patrick Wilson in it and <gasps> Jessica Biel. Do you, uh, you know the question I'm going to ask? Which one about what Patrick Wilson? Do we see his bottom? No, it's very. What's it's up very. With that? He's wearing so many, so many great sweaters. If you love oh. a man in a sweater, um, this mean, is a- it'd be nicer if it was a sweater with no pants. But no, he he had pants the whole time. Why? But Jessica Biel looks really pretty. Okay, she's got floofy dresses on. It's a very. It's a fun movie. I am a Patricia Highsmith sucker. So like. I don't know. I was I was in it from the beginning, but like solid recommend there. Um, another movie that I finally watched is on Amazon Prime. It's called Bad Samaritan. It has David Tennant in it. Tennant. I don't know this one either. Don't watch it. Okay. It. Hey, guess what happened in it? There was a lady being terrorized. No. Boom. There was also a dude being terrorized, but the lady stuff was prevalent this is directed by dean devlin one of the the dudes that does all those terrible big blockbuster stuff yeah interesting was in it so i was like all right i'll give this a shot i don't know no um and then finally i'll close out by saying 
if you haven't watched the Firefest documentaries, the dueling Firefest documentaries. Which one am I supposed to watch? I kept oh, starting right. reading articles telling me which one, but then I couldn't keep them straight, so I just gave up and was hoping. I was actually really hoping. I'm like, Christine probably watched them. She could tell me which one. I'm just going to listen to her. So which let one? Me, let me spill some scalding hot tea for you. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Drag Race podcasts. But, <laughs> but um... I was obsessed with this as it was happening. Like, live as oh, the yeah. cheese sandwich was being tweeted, I was I was in it. But, that being said... Um, the did you have tickets? Like, did you actually, you know, you were planning yeah. to go? I was going to get a cabana with yeah. Kim Kardashian. Oh, and man. Um, so, and I'm not one of those people that think that everybody got what they deserved. I don't think that it, that mm-hmm. should have happened to anybody. And just because sure. somebody has money to go see Blink-182 Blink doesn't make them a bad person. Mm-hmm. Fair. But, um, the Hulu documentary... Um, is the one I'm going to say you should watch for two reasons. One, it's better. And two, the um, Netflix one was produced or co-produced by Vice and by um, the the media team, the marketing media team behind the Fire Festival. Oh, that seems so weird. It's got a lot of spin to it. If the Hulu documentary has the actual marketing guy from that that group, that did the work in it. And he was like, nah, man, they knew what was going on. It was fucked up. The Netflix one is like, oh, we had no idea. Oh, so interesting. It, it seems very dishonest. Mm. There's some there's some, there's some, some shit that did not ring true in it. So, um, of course, I watched both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Netflix one wasn't bad, but, like, if you have... If you, got you have Hulu, to watch one, yeah. Just go watch the Hulu one. It was better. Okay, good to know. I appreciate so that. That's my list. All right, cool. Uh, my list is is an odd one. It's just a weird mix, and I don't know what the um, there's random words that tie some of the movies together. So you know that's something. All oh, right, so fine. on Netflix, I watched uh, the movie that like months ago was supposed to be the big Oscar movie, but that did not happen. And this was Outlaw King with Chris Pine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel interested in this at all how was it uh you know essentially it's it's fine if you it essentially take braveheart and then make it like a little less exciting and that's kind of what this movie was because it mm. is i mean it's set the same time as braveheart it's william wallace is a character somewhat mentioned in it uh i mean chris pine's great i like him i think he's fine in it i thought the penis shot was going to be bigger like the way everybody talked about this movie all they talked about was chris pine's penis and I don't even know that I saw it, but I also watched it on my phone, so whatever that says. Um, but it's, you know, it is the 1300s, and it is Scotland, and there are wars, and everybody is dirty. Jason would hate this movie, because everybody's really dirty and gross and muddy. Um, but there's battles, and people getting stabbed, and their guts spilling out. So, But there's also, like, a lot of downtime and walking through mud and that kind of stuff. So, mm. I don't know. It's, it's good. Um, not by any means... Uh, the scale of a great movie that you want it to be, but perfectly fine. Um, yeah, per- perfectly fine. It, it's long, but it probably could have, should have been longer, maybe. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I've never actually seen Braveheart. So... I, I don't think it's... You're not a big, like, epic war battle kind of... Person, movie person, right? Not really. Yeah, and I'm not like I'm not a war movie person, but I love a medieval war movie. 
I'm a big fan of that whole, like, oh, no, they're coming at me with a mace. Like, that's going to hurt more. Yeah. I find that much more interesting to watch. That's definitely not where I'm at. Yeah, no, if you can include <laughs> moats and cannons in your movie, I'm I'm pretty much there. So, you know, people like that, this movie is certainly made for. But even within that, it, it's good, not great, is where I'd say. Mm, interesting. Uh, a movie that I had wanted to watch for a very long time, and I had it on my Netflix queue and finally got the disc, The Hellstorm, Hellstrom Chronicle. This is 1971, I want to say. It's sort of a, it's a documentary. It's like a fake documentary, but it's not fake. It is um, basically a lot of footage of insects and the insect world, and that's really cool because, you know, watching an ant colony fight another ant colony is really cool when you have the cameras to do it. That's, you know, I, I tend to find those nature shows really interesting, but mm-hmm. mostly when it's about bugs and not about animals, because I'm okay with seeing ants kill each other, but less so cute gazelles die and stuff. Uh, so this is that footage, but then it's narrated by a sort of fake scientist who's talking about how these creatures are eventually going to take over the world. Um like that part of it didn't interest me so much as just oh just let me see the footage of the bees again because that was really neat. Mm-hmm. so uh, worth it if you know it's probably it's a movie that I think has gotten cited a lot because it um, I think was kind of groundbreaking in the photography and that stuff holds up and it's great but you know that was that uh, a movie that so. <laughs> You and I talk occasionally about Giallo and how it's not either of our really um, favorite subgenre. And a prime example is I watched this movie. Uh, It was on my DVD queue forever because it was a long wait and it was one that I'd never seen. And so I'm like, oh, I should finally watch it. And I did. And I can tell you nothing about it now. It's been about (gasps) a month since I watched it. What was it? Black Belly of the Tarantula. Never seen it. Well, first of all, halfway through the movie, I, I always assumed this was an Argento movie. And at one point, I like paused to look somebody up in the cast, and I realized, oh, no, this wasn't directed by Dario Argento. It's directed by somebody else. Okay, that's fine. I'm still... I, who I who was it directed by? I could just easily... Oh, gosh. I don't, it another Italian guy yeah. who had a lot of vowels in his name? Uh, let's see. But not, not like one of the, the big, um, big guys. Paola Cavada. Oh, yeah. I don't know that name no, either. Because... Giancarlo Giannini is in it, so I recognize him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this guy directed... I, I can't tell you what he directed, because all the movies, the titles are in Italian. Oh, he did Mondo Cane. Oh, okay, which I have seen. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything about this movie. I, and I even, I remembered, like, oh, there was somebody in it that I recognized. I don't even remember who it was. The other interesting thing that it had um, at one point... Brandon walks by. He's like, oh, she was in Bond. I'm like, yeah, that's Barbara Boucher. He's like, no, that's Barbara Back. I'm like, no, that's Barbara Boucher. And we realized both of them are in this movie and both of them were also in Bond movies. So, <laughs> you know. That you, you guys got lake housed. <laughs> we totally did. And that is the only thing I will remember about Black Belly of the Tarantula. Uh, all right. Moving on on you know, Amazon. You know what we should do, though? I'm sorry to cut you oh, off. No, please. Um, we should do... Um, New York Ripper on this uh, I've never show. seen New York Ripper. I will say that that is the giallo that I like. New York Ripper is, um, what's his name, right? Fulci. The other Italian guy. It's Fulci. Yeah. Yeah. And the the one um, giallo that I will always go to bat for is another Fulci, and that's Don't Torture a Duckling. Yeah. See, 
I think you could you could consider. I don't know. Maybe some assholes don't. Oh, sorry, that was really aggressive. Maybe some people <laughs> don't consider this a giallo, but I did, and I've only seen it the one time that I watched it, and I loved it. Nice. So I don't know. Is it if, do we, if that's streaming somewhere? We could do that on the next episode, by the way, if we wanted to. It's our show. That that is true. Yeah, but let's just see if we can find it first. <laughs> That's true. We don't want to have to work for stuff. I mean, come on. We do that during the day, and these are our yeah. nights. This, is, this <laughs> should be easy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've never seen New York Ripper. I should amend that, and maybe I'll amend it soon, and we'll talk about it. We'll find out. Hey, but yeah, Black Belly the Tarantula, which apparently is on Shutter now, and I. I don't know if I, that's a movie I could probably watch again without realizing I had already seen it. You'd be like, "Whoa, this is this is new." Yeah, wait, I have a feeling that guy's the killer. I don't even remember who the killer was. Was it a guy? Was it a girl? I don't know. Was it a tarantula? I have no idea. Uh, okay, uh, on Amazon Prime, a movie I'm less likely to forget because it's a movie that I'm probably one of the only people who's watched it. Uh, it is called Charlotte. It is a horror anthology. I watched it because the cover art was a doll. Yeah, I've seen this, I think. Not seen it with my eyes, but seen but it you've go seen by. it go by probably. Um yeah. this so what this basically is is it's like eight short films tied together. And I didn't figure that out at first. At first I was like, "Oh, okay, it's um these wow, some of these stories feel vastly different in terms of tone and quality and all that." And then I looked it up. I'm like, "Oh, these are a bunch of short films that somebody was able to say, oh, if I put this looping story around it, I have a movie. For that, it's actually not, I was, I, this was the kind of movie I queued up thinking, this might be a movie that I watch for five minutes and turn off because it might be shot mm-hmm. on video for peanuts and nothing. Um, it, this was fine for an, I mean, anthologies can be terrible. I think you and I agree on that. Yeah. <clears throat> and... With this, like, some of the stories were genuinely clever. Like, the first story, I thought, I'm like, oh, this is quickly told. It is kind of witty. It's very, very fast. And it did it does something, a few things I haven't really seen before storytelling-wise. That's interesting. And then the next story was pretty typical. And then the next story was kind of, was that even a story? But then the next one was really fun. So hit and miss, like most anthologies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, worth it if you are somebody that's just like a completist when it comes to anthology or anything horror. There aren't enough dolls in it. They kind of make it seem like there's going to be more, but still, that's okay. So it's like a, it's a recommend for people that have a, um, what's the word? Like openness to really low budget horror, right? Mm -hmm. This is one that isn't perfect, but like, eh, tried a few things and a few of the things work. So that. Um, let's see. Also on Amazon Prime, I watched, um, something, uh, the rare case where my mother said to me, I can't believe you've never seen Southern Comfort. (laughs) I'm like, mom, when did you watch Southern Comfort? But Southern Comfort, have you ever seen it with, um, everybody, Fred Ward and Powers Booth and Keith Carradine? No, people bring it up and reference it a lot, but I have I have not seen it. Yeah, I think it was like Gentleman's Guide, like episode three or something like yeah. that. Like it's, and this is a dude's movie. Like, as much as I'm saying, like, oh, miscongeniality is for everybody. Like, this movie is for everybody, but this is a, you know, eight members of the National Guard get lost in the bayou, get hunted down by bayou folk, and it's just them 
And it, what's interesting about this is it's it's good. It's Walter Hill. It is gritty. It's gross. Um, it's very violent. Worth watching if any of these things sound appealing to you. What's interesting was at a certain point watching the movie, I was like, I don't know how much I'm enjoying this because these men are all such assholes. And it's mm-hmm. the kind of movie where it's like, oh, great, you have an asshole and then you have a guy that's okay but then when you put them together in the situation they're all terrible the same time it's kind of like oh but you know what that probably is what would happen when you took this much testosterone in this situation and gave them a gun Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's worth a watch i think i'd be curious what you have to say about it Hmm. i mean i've always meant to look at it maybe i should yeah it's on amazon prime it's an hour 40 nothing uh you know nothing that will take too much of your time up so uh, let's see what else. Okay, on TCM, I recorded I recorded this a while ago, based on a Married with Clickers episode. When they do mm. Armageddon in May, they always do like disaster movies, and here and there, there's some they talk about that I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna seek that one out. So I watched 1950 somethings, A Night to Remember, which is a big old Titanic movie. Yep, yep. You ever seen? Um, it? I no, I've read a lot about it though. Um, People like to cite it in um, disaster movie mm-hmm. articles, yeah. and um, somebody, I wish I could remember who, wrote this really amazing article about, um, for the magazine that I used to do, um, about um, like how disaster movies reinforce patriarchy, and mm-hmm. how like government oh, yeah. dad or actual dad always comes and saves us, and I feel like this gets talked about a lot in there. Yeah, yeah, it's... It is clearly one of the movies that set a certain template, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's good. It's uh, It moves pretty well once most of the movie is the Titanic sinking. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, so much filler. Like, no, no, no. They get to the boat stuff pretty quickly. And for the time, like, it's dark. Like, there are kids that die. There are... Ooh, really? Yeah. Like, and I mean, not, you know, you don't see a kid's face smashed by a hull, but you see a little boy looking for somebody and not being found or somebody holding the kid and then kind of making peace with it. Like it's also, I mean, uh, James Cameron's tight. And I think apparently he like did admit as much, like a lot of Titanic comes directly from this movie, like the whole band playing on, like there's quite a lot that you're like, Oh, Cameron just, I mean, some of it was historical, but it's very clear that he was very much inspired by this movie. So Hmm, interesting, worth a watch for that. Uh, let's see another DVD from Netflix that I had as a long wait. I finally got it and I'm like, Oh, this is only a half hour long. Oh, I only want this to be a half hour long because, man, it's devastating. And this was Night and Fog. Um, Documentary, I believe it won the Oscar for a short documentary in 19 something, something, something. Night and Fog. Why can't I find it now? 66? No. Um, Now I can't find it on IMDb. It's a documentary that uses footage of Auschwitz and concentration camps, and Mm. it's really horrifying, um, very powerful, shows you stuff that, you know, you usually don't see, but does it in a way that's very stark and, hey, here's what happened, here's uh, some images to show this, and let's not let it happen again. Yeah, because we never will, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, Moving gosh. on. 
gosh. Moving on. Is, isn't it really upsetting how topical some of oh, these God. things? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's It can be very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get into it. But yeah, you, you no, no. Oh, no. I'm this with guy you. knows what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, hey, I'm with you. Yeah. Why can't we all just go retreat to our lake houses sometimes? <laughs> anyway, a few more. So I got Shudder. Uh, kind of finally decided to give it a go. Um, not sh- so far. I'm liking it. Um, I wish you could download things on there. I don't think you can. So it's mm-hmm. tough when like I'm commuting by train because I can't really stream at that point. But you know, uh, I did so far watch three movies on there. So that's something. Oh, um, cool. I watched the documentary King Cohen, which is about Larry Cohen, who I've I, always I been a fan of. I was hoping that it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like Larry Cohen, this is the story of him with a lot of people talking, including Michael Moriarty, which is always fun to watch that him do anything. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's you learn a lot. I mean, he is a fascinating, really smart guy. He, you know, kind of a Roger Corman esque in the way he mm-hmm. um found his way in the industry. Um but also, I mean, he made some really smart, uh, deep, interesting films and just made them a genre film, so they kind of got brushed over but a lot of them are very relevant today and you know uh so it's it's and it's lighthearted like there's no crazy tragedy to his life so it's a good kind of background to uh, watch definitely mm-hmm. that's cool that's good to know um, also on shutter i watched prevenge that is the woman from i Sight still Sears. haven't seen it oh you and should I watch, it. watch it it's yeah, fun yeah. it's it's really fun i love her she was um i love her yeah and she and it's her i mean she wrote and directed it and she's yep. starring in it when she's like seven months pregnant i think and it's it's if you like it reminds me very much of sightseers in terms of tone it is a black black comedy you know i love that movie. i know yeah. and there's so many people in it that you're like oh game of thrones oh game of thrones uh it is. It is unforgiving in many ways. Like she makes choices that you're like, oh, you don't want. You don't have to do that one. Um, but it it is just wickedly funny. Which I I love a movie that just makes you like laugh and you feel really bad laughing. Uh, yeah. That was this one for me. I I oh. really enjoyed it. I think you dig it. I I'm gonna have to eventually. I'll watch it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I it. You should. I I think you would really enjoy it. I think everybody would. I'd be surprised if, like, especially our listeners, if anybody really came at it with criticism. I'd be curious if if there was a problem in the movie. But I, I don't know. I just found this really fun. Which, what does that say about me? Uh, <laughs> okay, I have um, two more. Oh, actually, one other thing I watched on Shudder was I watched Wolf Creek Season 1. What is this? Did you know they made a Wolf Creek TV show? Like, of the, like, the movie Wolf Creek? Yeah, well, kind of. It's like continuing John Jarrett's adventures as the Wolf Creek killer guy. Really? Yeah. And apparently they made two seasons, which I, on Shudder, I think they only have the first season. It's six episodes. Each episode's about 45 to 50 minutes. Um, And it's John Jarrett as the killer. But huh. it is pretty focused on this um, young woman. And it's like... I, I'm really curious for you to watch it because I think you might actually like it. it. It sounds interesting. Yeah, it's this you know this young woman who ends up getting away from him, but basically deciding she's going to get him. She's going to take her revenge on him, and she's going to do everything she can to track him down and not let him keep doing these things. Um, so it has I don't know it 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 doesn't. I think one of the 
issues with Wolf Creek, if you will, is that sometimes it's hard to get to figure out how they're dealing with the sexual violence, which can be mm-hmm. really rough in those movies. And I, on one hand, I appreciate that they handle it with this is awful. The other hand, I, sometimes it feels like they don't need to go there. And I think the show kind of smartly pulled back on that. So there isn't any real situations where he's doing terrible things to women. Like he's killing them, mm-hmm. but he's not raping them. So yeah. that was kind of a benefit plus of the show. But it's also like, I think the, the you know, they, they make the female character a really interesting person who grows and does like learn and get smarter as, as, as it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring back one of the characters, not your favorite character, but one of the characters from the first films comes back in a pretty interesting Mm-hmm. way of showing what, pro- what probably would have happened to that character. So, I don't know, it, it went by really quickly. Like, I think I kind of watched the whole thing in a day without realizing it. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's just- a that's a big... That, to me, is, like, a huge recommendation based on that. Yeah, because it, it moves it well. It. And it's yeah. one of those, like, it was just... And even Shudder doesn't even have that option of, like, something ends and something else begins. Like, no, I had to keep going back. But I was, like, getting a lot of work done and doing some things on my computer. So it was one of those, oh, let me put something on in the background. And it was just very easy to have that on in the background for three hours and then take a break mm-hmm. and be like, oh, watch another episode. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, there's only one episode left. I guess I'll just finish it now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know that there's... And the one... it Like, I, I'm not going to spoil anything... I didn't love the ending because I don't understand the ending and there's a season two and I have no idea what that is. Um, So like that was kind of, when I started it, I thought to myself, how do you end this? Because do you do a definitive end or not? And I think that was the flaw was I, I just didn't, you know, which is true of so many TV shows nowadays the ending leaves you unsatisfied yeah. not for any you might be thinking oh it's because of this because this. no no i'm not get, saying anything plot wise it's just inevitable that the ending isn't going to satisfy every itch you have so but yeah no yeah. uh right. also on but i think uh, yeah i know for you though because i know you've had a really interesting relationship with the wolf creek films i think i think uh, this where they're kind of taking this idea of surviving that what that does to you i think it does it pretty interestingly so i all right i'm i'm sold i'm in okay then i watched upon your recommendation you might be the killer and you might be the killer so i liked it uh here's yeah, the thing it wasn't perfect but there was some stuff there yeah, right it's, it's very it's cute it's it's very fun um i mean it's a great cast and um, Allison Hannigan is is just always adorable, so she's great. And uh, Fran Katz is, is is really fun in it, and that's great. Yeah. I wonder if you had the same problem I did, which what? is okay. This is this is cute. It's charming. It's okay. It's really you know very loyal to this kind of camp campside slasher, and it, it's really you know understands that genre and gets it. I just wish I didn't see a movie that did that perfectly and also made me cry right it's just not final girls um it's i I thought of final girls a million times while i watched it because it's just not not that it's the same setup but it's no i mean it's a spiritual cousin to that movie yeah and but like nothing can be 
final girls and in like i just i just appreciated i guess that it was clear it had a smaller budget yeah i agree yeah and that i thought i think that he is um a delight um mm-hmm. that that gentleman who fran fran I believe Katz, is his I name. Think, yeah um, I think he's delightful yep. and very mm-hmm. engaging. Mm-hmm. He's maybe one of my favorite favorite people to come out of the Whedonverse. I just think he's tremendously talented. I, I wish he was in in more stuff. And I think that he really delivers. I think it was an interesting enough idea. Mm-hmm. There, but like I don't know. I if somebody else had been able to get their fingers in it and like zhuzh it just a little bit more, I, I think it could have been like stupendous. But yeah. as it sits, although it's not maybe you know everything i would have wanted to be final girls it's still <laughs> worth taking a look at I thought. oh yeah yeah and it's a fun watch like it yeah it's just it's light it's kind of fluffy it's funny yeah yeah and then the last thing i watch which is not light and fluffy or airy in any way no uh this is on amazon prime um and i love this director so i and i'd heard much good things about it and I saw, oh, it's only 90 minutes. Okay, let me sit down with Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Uh, now, have you seen this or you're kind ah. of, you don't do anything, Joaquin Phoenix? I am very anti-Joaquin, but that being said, I, tell me. Yeah, well, so, okay, there's a lot There's a lot to this. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't particularly care for Joaquin but I do care quite a bit for Lynn Ramsey I've yes I guess I've seen all of her feature films now and every one of them I she's we need to talk about Kevin Morvan Caller and Ratcatcher all of which are I think incredible films and incredibly directed films um so this is one of those movies that I found fascinating it's really good Okay, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of critics had it on their top list. A lot of people said she should have been nominated. Joaquin should have been nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, brutal. It is um, kind of terrifying in terms of its atmosphere. I think it's, it, I don't remember who did the score, if it's the radio Radiohead guy. The score is incredible. It's one of those scores that, like, makes you feel things and feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it is paced it is done in a way where this is a movie that I think a lot of other directors would have turned into a two and a half, half hour movie, but she is so um, sparse about it and you don't see things that there you don't have to see. Um, it does a really interesting sort of power shift in um, who's in control of things. It Because it is a movie about a man saving young women and girls, but he is a complete mess. Um, what was really interesting to me watching this movie was I'm watching it and I'm kind of knowing that it's good, but I'm also finding it to be kind of like what I said about, um, hold the dark. I'm like, I'm not into this. I can't, I'm not connecting to this movie. I'm not in his head. I don't, I I can't understand this character. I'm Mm -hmm. watching him, but I don't know him. I don't understand him. And then I listened to, um, a podcast talk about it. And the podcaster said something of like, you know, this is a, an incredible movie about about depression and about what might be going on in your mind if you are suffering from this kind of um, of, of issue. And it's, I mean, certainly not every depression by any means, but it was this moment of like, oh, 
that's why I'm having such a hard time with this movie. This is a movie about being having this trauma, be it PTSD or um, or anything else, whether it is caused by a situation you've been through or by you know your own kind of mm-hmm. what you've inherited. But it is ultimately about just how hard life can be. And for me, it's something that I don't, I, I can't myself put, I can't put myself into it. And it, so it was a really interesting realization of like, I can tell this is an incredible movie, but it's an incredible movie that's not for me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm really curious. I'd love to hear more people, whether they connected to it or not. Um, I'm curious. It, again, I think, and I mean, it's also a movie that I'm watching it and I'm realizing like, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, like, I, he's he's not Casey Affleck. I think Joaquin Phoenix is just kind of a fucked up weird dude. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those cases where I'm like... I just find him really hard to watch. He, oh, and this, he's hard to watch, but he should be. Yeah, like, you can right. see how far he goes in this. And he is just his... It's one of those roles that you watch and you're like, I don't know who else could have played this part. Um, and then what was funny, I listened to, there's um, a podcast I've been listening to called the Director's Guild. It's like the Director's Guild podcast. And it's like a half hour interview with the director, um, you know, talking about whatever movie. And there's an interview with her talking about this. And the funniest thing was like, based on the movies that Lynn Ramsey has made, they are all so dark and so bleak and so like unflinching. I expected her to be like this really... I don't know, but like you listen to an interview with her and maybe it's just like that whole kind of um, like generalization we put on Scottish accents, but like she starts talking and you're like, oh my God, she sounds like an adorable little Scottish, like 18 year old girl. Like It's not at all the voice I would assume who is directing Joaquin Phoenix to, um, you know, blow somebody's brains out, uh, which was just fascinating to me. Um, yeah. you. I mean, I think you should watch it. It's... It's not pleasant. I mean, it's I, really good. I, I trust her. Yeah. If oh, it yeah. was somebody else and it was a Joaquin movie, I'd be like, nah, hard pass. Mm. But like, I do, I do like her. Yeah. So. And you still haven't seen um, more, more of our, I can never say this no, movie no, no. style. No, I know exactly which one you're going to talk, ask me about. No, I haven't. Yeah. It's... One of these days we're going to cover that because I'm, okay. so, I would love for you to watch that. Um, and yeah, so. It's funny because when we get to our recommends, I have a movie that has so many things in common with this movie that is not this movie that did speak to me, but um, mm. we'll get there. But yeah, you were never really here. I, I want to hear what more people had to say about it, and I, I'm really curious for you to watch it when the time is right. I'll do it. Okay. So that was my list. Uh, what we're going to do now, now we have to like hold on to something, hold on to that dog that you and I are pulling back and forth because we're going to take a quick break and come back and hope that we are in the same timeline to talk about the lake house. I might be in 2021 at this point, Would you be I'll in the do fu- my best. You'd be in the future. I'd be in the past. I think that seems fitting. It seems right to me. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Cross our fingers. We'll be right back. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Tomorrow I'll miss you. And remember I'll always be true. And then while I'm away, I'll write home every day. And I'll send all my loving to you. 
There's no popper. Oh God! Now there is. What does it mean? Oh no! <laughs> so 2006 is the lake house. I should have get it up on my. Screen. I had it up, and then you talked about so many movies I'd never heard of that I had to look them up, and then I lost. I know. It. I have I have Lynn Ramsey up on my IMDb right now so instead of just... Alejandro Agresti. Okay. Ahem. Ready. This is a remake. Yep. Of a Korean movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I'm remembering that right. I need to see this movie. Doesn't it feel like a movie that should be in Korean? Yes. It it's like the sort of like this is a movie that you feel like you should be reading instead of listening to. You know the didn't you watch that weird Sarah Michelle Geller one? Yes, Possession. That was, yeah, that was, it was also like, a remake of a Korean movie. I, I feel like that these are all amazing ideas that maybe didn't translate that well to to our American sensibility. I I would agree. Like this is a movie that has it is an interesting idea, right? So this is a love story about people who are somehow communicating, but they're in a different time, so they can't mm-hmm. be together. And there is something that could be very romantic about that. I think there's something that, that's very poetic about that. And it's why it makes sense like as a novel or as a... Because Korean... I think Korean cinema also kind of does that sort of longing really well. And it makes more sense than when you put Keanu Reeves as your longing yeah. character. So, yeah. Christine... You, yes. for, as, as we've decided, the rule now is we do spoil movies because otherwise we can't talk about them in the detail we'd like to. So please, everybody, be warned. We are going to go into deep detail about the lake house. Please tell everybody what the lake house is about. Um, so the lake house, everyone should watch it, and I believe I watched it on Voodoo with commercials, and you did too. I did. Um, it was okay. my first time using Voodoo. The connection kept cutting out, so it took me like oh, three no. days to watch it. Oh, I had we had really good luck. It was it was good. But so it's out there. If you haven't seen this movie, you should just watch it. It's like yes. just just watch it. And something but, else I should say because if everybody remembers on our last episode, I'm like, hey, the Lake House is on Netflix, so let's watch it. And then when I went to watch it, it was no longer on Netflix. And like two months earlier, it was on Amazon Prime. And then when I went to watch it on Amazon Prime, it was not. This is a movie that keeps hopping streaming services so much. That it feels like the movie keeps lake housing. The movie is lake housing. We've we've gone through to the other side now. Yeah, totally. Um, this is a weird movie. This movie, and look, it's getting spoiled. Yep. This movie is about a lake house, <laughs> but but a magical also, lake house. No, the lake house isn't. This we're gonna get into some shit. But I don't think the lake house is magical. Anyways, Keanu Reeves what is, is too- magical. Uh, I will tell you, Keanu okay. Reeves is in 2004, and Sandra Bullock is in 2006. 
I, if you need to get out a whiteboard at this point, I understand. Mm. Start writing this shit down. So they are, they start communicating by putting letters in the mailbox, <laughs> but they're in different times. Let me say it again, 2004 and 2006, but they're talking to each other and pretty quickly they, they, they realize this. I mean, it's pretty quick that they're like, wait a second, what do you mean? Because things aren't adding up. She's like, bring my mail to this place. And Keanu Reeves goes, and he's like, it's not even built yet, crazy. It says it's going to be built in two years. And she's like, well, what? And mm. then they, so that it's not even, which, that, and I find that interesting, that the movie's not about them figuring out that they're in different times. And like, I they, kind of like that, because there's something that gets very annoying about a movie where like, and in, in real life, it's one of those, like, okay, I don't know, if I saw a ghost or was confronted by something, would I be that guy that's still like, no, I don't believe it? Or, like, no, but give me the proof. Okay, fine, I believe it. And the thing is, it doesn't matter, because in movies, it's really boring to watch somebody try have to be convinced about something. Yes! So I, I'm fine with that. Yes, they both, they realize and they accept it, and fine, good. Let's get into the story. But there's not that much story there after that. There isn't that much story there isn't that much story. Um, so it's basically where the first time I saw it, I thought it was going to be them trying to figure it out, but mm. they, it's not, it's, nope. it's kind of about them getting to trying to get together, but it not really working out. And Sandra Bullock kind of wondering like, who is she meant to be with? So, um, late entry into the movie is Dylan Walsh. <laughs> um, who is her her boyfriend it, so get, this is where you need your whiteboard so Sandra Bullock in 2004 obviously doesn't know Keanu Reeves um, she is with Dylan Walsh in 2006 they're not together again mm. and Then, so when her and Keanu start talking she's single he's single but in Keanu's timeline she's not single so she effectively cheats on her boyfriend Dylan Walsh in 2004 with Keanu Reeves in Keanu's timeline before she ever actually knows Keanu. Right. By cheating, it's like she they end up she, kissing. Sure. I used I just used a high school version sure. of what happened. <laughs> they if, go to first base. You guys, if we are to believe this movie, it doesn't fucking matter because yeah. time has pulled apart to get them together. So Dylan Walsh, step aside, buddy. You can't get in the way of time. Well, and the the other part to that is like Dylan Dylan Walsh. It, it's like they didn't know how to write a disposable boyfriend because he's not awful, but he's no. not good. So it's like I don't. I'm not rooting for him or against him. I just wish he wasn't in this situation. Look, I'm rooting for love, and they don't seem that well suited. No, they seem. This they have. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Like they just seem like that couple that should in no way be together. Plus, every time I see Dylan Walsh, all I think about is the Law Order SVU episode where he plays a guy who's um, married and has kids, but he's cheating on his wife and he's living a double life and he's convinced his mistress that he's actually like a secret agent and they're getting oh, married. But then, then, yeah, then he ends up killing her because he's like, oh my God, you, you can't actually change my life. And then he kills his whole family and tries to stage it like the wife did it, but really he did it. So it's hard for me to ever see past that. Yeah, he's he's not a trustworthy guy. He wasn't that great in Nip Tuck either. Um, mm. So I have a lot yeah. of distrust. Um, 
this movie is really convoluted in a lot of ways. As you say, nothing really happens, but so much happens. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. So she, in, in the 2004 timeline, she has this interlude with Keanu, but like she doesn't really remember it, but then she does remember it. Look, I, I have some questions about time and, and, and the physics of all of this. But then in her timeline, so two years in the future for Keanu, she's like, hey, tomorrow for me, two years from now for you, let's meet up for dinner. Keanu doesn't show up, you guys. But, like, why didn't he? Did we ever figure out what happened? Emily! Was he that... was dead! Oh, that's right. I, I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that! I'm so shaken by this movie. So Keanu dies in yeah. 2006 going to meet Sandra Bullock. He goes, he dies going to meet her. He dies in her arms, you guys. Yeah, and shit's she right. She doesn't, doesn't even know it. She tries it. to save his life. He's just, because she's a doctor. She's a doctor. So she's a doctor and he's an architect. Um, which there's something very movie-ish about those jobs, but anyway. Yeah, and Dylan Walsh is a lawyer. Because, like, how many in real life, <laughs> how many doctors and architects and lawyers do you know in your circle of friends? I don't know how any. many. I know. Oh, wait, that's not true. I know, I know zero. a couple lawyers. Wait, I think I know, like, no, I know, a like, I have Facebook friends with, like, a few lawyers. Um... And that's it. Oh, and my uncle's an architect. So I have, I, I know an architect. And I watch a lot of Lifetime Christmas movies where everybody is an architect, usually. But, like, in real life, you don't, like, in, in these the movies. It's the boy version of Party Planner. Oh, my God, you're so right. You are so right about that. So Look, that's, I, that's my indictment on, on gender roles. Women mm -hmm. can be architects, too. I wasn't saying that. I was yeah. just saying that and throw away no, you're right. you're things right. like that kind of yeah. but women are are also often doctors in these movies because there's something then it's like and you know exactly what it is it's okay we're showing that they care right we're showing <laughs> we always have that scene where somebody dies on their watch and they're really sad about it and they get to look like harried but still beautiful because they're like in scrubs without like much yep. makeup but they like so their hair's askew but they are still Sandra Bullock so they're still really pretty yeah um yeah there's a whole science behind that so, yeah, you're right. That's the thing. I, for, I completely forgot that whole thread. <laughs> it's very important to the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, but, like, the movie, oh, kind of at the beginning of the movie, like, Sandra Bullock, the reason why she goes back, so she lived in the lake house. She moves out of the lake house. Keanu moves in. You don't really realize that it, the time is kind of funky at that point. But the reason she goes back to the lake house is because she's had this run-in with this man who died. And she's shaken. She's right. like, I'm a doctor. I'm upset. So she goes back to the lake house because she liked it there. And sh that's when their interactions start. So then you get into this very interesting conundrum of if she, if he had never died, she would never have gone to the lake house to start talking to him. And he would have never died mm. if she didn't mention in her letter that yeah. she saw somebody die and was upset. Like he, in a letter, she literally she told him. She does kind of kill him. Yeah. She kills him. But the reason she goes to the lake house is because he dies. Now see, spoiler it's alert. like Terminator I, 2 all over again. I forgot how this movie end, ended. <laughs> and when Keanu, doesn't, when Keanu doesn't die, when she intercepts and gets him to not go to get killed, 
I was I almost cried. I was so relieved. Oh. I was very invested for some reason, and I was really well, glad that, they, that he didn't die. I can tell you my theory, or at least, like, I think the thing I was invested in, like, and, you know, we you mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the heat and miscongeniality. Sandra Bullock is the most likable American actress I think we've ever had, or that we've had in our generation. She is impossible not to watch and feel for and root for it's like when Allison Hannigan cries where you're just like I'm crying too Sandra Bullock is just somebody that even if she's in a terrible movie it's really hard not to care about her yeah you don't want bad things to happen you don't I don't want bad things to happen to Keanu anyways because he has this like this the crescendo of this movie he has this realization like she because Sandra Bullock is like, you know, we're, we're in different times. You didn't show up because you were dead. You were dead. She didn't know that. So she's like, look, just let me live my life, my 2006 life. So she, he does. He leaves her alone. True. And two years pass. So now it's 2006 for Keanu. And he remembers, oh, in this letter, she mentioned where she'd be. I need to go and find her. Like, enough is enough. Mm. And she's like, fuck, he's going to die. So then she leaves Dylan Walsh at, at – there's this whole architect thing. She, we'll get into that. We're not letting she, that storyline die. She leaves Dylan Walsh and, like, runs to the lake house to see – to make sure that Keanu doesn't die. They were renovating a house together, and she straight up leaves him there. Yeah, and that's – I mean, I guess the it's the idea that, you know – she says, let me live my life. And I, cause I think what she does is she gets to a point where she's like, I guess it doesn't get any better. Right. I guess, mm-hmm. look, Dylan Walsh was a nice guy. He, he made as much money as I did. So it worked out well. It was easy for us to buy a house together. Um, did I, you know, could I love him? Sure. Do I love him? No, but I could grow to love him. Fine. But like, yeah, then they get to a point where it's like, no, no, they're buying a house. Like, I, I, I kind of wish I, I guess I'm I, like I didn't want him to be an asshole because it's dumb when you just make a character an asshole to make other characters' love life more compelling. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. it was hard not to kind of be like, but what about that guy? Yeah, they they bought a house together and they were at the architect shop looking at blueprints for their their house. And she's like, I have to go save Keanu Reeves. Look, I would have made the same choice. Yeah. I mean, especially with that wardrobe that Keanu sports in this movie. Uh, Keanu was dressed so very oddly. So many. I wonder if, like, he had, like, a neck thing. Like, his neck it was very cold on the lake, and he was like, guys, I really need a turtleneck. So please, I mean, find the biggest turtlenecks you can find and only dress me in those in this movie. He looked cute in them. I um, and he's, I don't like men he, in turtlenecks. He's Keanu Reeves, so he's sure he's he's very handsome in this movie. It's yeah. no John Wick, everyone. It's no John Wick, but it's still Keanu, and I don't know. He's charming and likable. Yeah, I found Sa- Sandra Bullock during her lashing out period of like leave me alone to be just a little bit unlikable. Mm-hmm. Like, but I get like it's magic. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I would like to see the the original version of this. I do not think it is magic. I think it is God, and I think that dog is God. Ooh, I like that theory. So let's talk there about the dog. A, there, there's a dog, everyone. <laughs> there is a dog, <laughs> and I love that. First of all, the dog is adorable because um, he's dog. kind of like he's a or it's a she. She's a mutt. She's all scraggly. There's really cute scenes of like Sandra Bullock playing chess with the dog. Oh, so cute! Right, right. 
And it's this kind of neat, like, I don't know, there's a dog connecting things, so just go with it, which I'm cool with. Um, although I don't really know what happens to the dog at the end. Does the dog end up with Dylan Walsh? No, the dog ends up with Dylan Walsh in the 2004 timeline when he and Sandra Bullock are together for the first time. Okay. That's how Sandra Bullock gets the dog. I'm I'm pretty sure the dog is just with Sandra Bullock in the... Because I kind of like the idea that the dog then goes to Dylan Walsh after Keanu and Sandra are together, and then it's like, okay, now, Dylan Walsh, I'm going to lake house you, your romantic partner. That the dog is actually like a matchmaker god. <laughs> that's a funny idea. If this movie had done better, that would have been the sequel. I don't know if that's what happened, but we can all imagine. Mm. But uh, the dog is interesting. And the dog, we see the dog just show up with Keanu. It, it, like Keanu buys the lake house. The lake house was his dad's. I'm sure we'll get into it. Oh yeah. The dog, the dog just shows up and he's like, guess this is my dog now, but that's how Sandra Bullock got, gets the dog. The dog just shows up. Right. So this do- and then we see the dog run away from Keanu and just leave. And that's when we have to assume it goes back in time, forward in time. That dog is eternal. Everyone Is, is the dog, the reincarnated ghost of Christopher Plummer. I don't think he liked his kid enough to go through all that okay, trouble. Okay, so let's talk about, so Christopher Plummer, who is, you know, Christopher Plummer. And this is another case where the more we talk about it, like, I am picturing a South Korean film with an older South Korean actor in that part and all of his wisdom or or, or nonsense being told in subtitles where, like, you can forgive a lot more of it because there's something mm-hmm. more poetic about it. And in this case... I don't really understand Christopher Plummer's character. I don't either. He toggles between intensely dislikable and kind of confusing. Yeah. Like, I guess he's supposed to be sort of like a Frank Lloyd Wright-esque eccentric artist architect. Yeah. Um, But it also seems like, oh, no, he's also disapproving dad, which doesn't go together as much. And so then... I don't know. I, I just don't know that that character was designed best for what this movie ended up being. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel like I understand the stuff with his family, like, but I feel like it was really superfluous. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was any real need for it. Yeah. I kind of get why his brother was in it more than his dad, because his brother's in it, too. Well, I, and I but feel you like the brother is there mostly so that Keanu Reeves can talk to somebody. Yeah. Like, it's and one I mean, of those conveniences of, like, okay, we, we're not going to do the entire movie as narrated letters, give him a sounding board, he has a brother, okay. I mean, I guess it makes sense because Sandra Bullock has her, her tether doctor. to reality, yeah. which which is is Dylan Walsh too and well and I guess and, her doctor boss um yeah but then Keanu has that that cute girl from True Blood oh, hanging around at his see, construction site you know her from True Blood I know her from Law Order SVU oh look at us season one she she um is like a teenager on the episode and she plays um Patricia Richardson's daughter who mm-hmm. um is having sex with their tenant who's a travel writer and she has sex with him and then she kills him Whoa. She has this like whole monologue where she's like on Elliot Stabler's lap, like going through like how she killed him. Yeah, it's it's season one. (laughs) We we both have our touch points. We yes we do. (laughs) Yeah, and like again, that's a character that you feel like uh, 
is kind of, first of all, she's one of those like, oh, we need a sight gag character, right? So let's have a, a cute girl in heels on a construction site. Funny, everybody, funny. Um, and so, but like, again, that character has no arc. She never, she seems to like kind of be harassing Keanu Reeves into dating her, but he's never even giving in. So it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's strange. And the letter writing. So at first, it's like they're writing letters, which again, is kind of romantic, and I get the idea of it. Um, And I also think there is something really poetic and romantic about, um, oh, I think I love you. I think you love me. But it's not the right time. Somehow, you know, we're missing each other in time. Because I think that's something, there's something very true of... Um, you know, wh- whatever you believe about romance, whether you believe there is it the one or your soulmate or whatnot, I think there's something very interesting when you look at it, but it also has to be the right time. Yeah. Right? And like my, my husband and I, always, we always talk about that. Like we have, you know, a five-year age gap between us. So whenever we talk about like, oh, when I was 22, you were this, we were in such different places for most of our lives until we met at the exact right time for both of us. And if we had met two years earlier, we probably would never have even dated. Like, so there's something to that that I find really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that might've been where this movie was going to go a little more, but instead it just doesn't really, cause I don't really understand what happened. It is, it, it's because it's so mystical. It never really grounds itself in that because there's that whole co- constant callback to the Jane Austen. Mm-hmm story about you know it wasn't like you said it wasn't the right time but that's never i mean i guess that is what it is i mean keanu's kind of like a bummer at the beginning and yeah and he does take that time he take like legit two years that they're not lake house in um and like what's he he, doing in that time is he dating the, the girl who killed the travel writer i don't know no i don't think so he's building the 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 architect thing with his brother mm, like right. he's realizing his dreams so i mean <clears throat> and like sandra bullock yes she's a it's a little bit more iffy i mean she's really settling into her doctorness but she's also starting a life with dylan walsh that she leaves so pretty so pretty suddenly really yes see, i don't really see the same arc there so there there's a there's a little bit of that but not enough for you to be like yes this is like this is the thesis statement of the movie yeah, I think that's a really good point. I don't know in the end what it's saying. Uh, I don't know. Mailboxes, man. <laughs> well, and then let's... Because at first it's like a letter. So it's, dear Kate, you know, um, thank you for this, blah, 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 blah. Fine. And then it's like they kind of have interplay back and forth where it's clearly like they're writing a letter and the other one's reading it and writing back. But then it's like a conversation. But they, it makes you no know, sense. That kind of bothered me the first time I watched it. This last time, there, there's um, at the beginning when when they're first kind of figuring out it out, they're both standing there writing a sentence and then putting the paper in and then back and forth, back and forth. I just assumed that that kept happening. So it's like text messaging with a mailbox. Yeah, like they would just okay. like for like an afternoon, they would just hang out by the mailbox in their respective years and keep passing things back and forth. I did wonder about tone. I was wondering if they were writing like LOL because a couple Ooh. times there was some like shitty things and I was like, did they know that was a joke? Right? Seems- 
like that's the hardest thing about communicating like now now we sound old or young <laughs> communicating with people via text is such a complicated thing like i have yeah. one of one of my dearest friends i hate texting with her because she reads a tone to everything and i remember her getting thinking i was mad because i use exclamation points I'm like, but that meant I was excited. I talk with exclamation points. Why wouldn't I text with exclamation points? And like whenever she relays like a conversation she has and she's telling you and she's like, oh, and then she said this. And I was like, and I'm like, wait, wait, but did she say it like that? Or did she text it, these words, and you're reading it that way? So just imagine having that conversation in writing. Yeah, exactly. I, I did wonder that because there were a couple like, like, sarcastic moments where I was like, I don't know how I would read this from the future stranger. Mm, yeah. um, there's also a really funny Key and Peele um, skit about that, about tone and text messages. It's really funny. Oh, I I'll, I'll post it on the... Are Facebook they wearing corduroy page. blazers and tunelnecks <laughs> when they do it? If only. Mm. Um, it is a weird movie. Yeah, and it's one of those movies, like, I'm really glad it exists, because I kind of want more movies like this. Like, I like a high-concept romance. Like, look mm. at Timer, right? We, we covered Timer yes. a few years ago. One of my, probably my favorite independent movies of the last couple of years. One of my favorite romances probably ever. And it, it takes this crazy, crazy concept and then, you know, makes a really interesting film out of it. There's other movies that, that do this sort of high-concept romance. This one, I don't think it does it terribly it just feels like i don't know it never zeroes in on a message or a tone yeah and it works i, I can agree with that i think it works well enough because it has two really likable actors who yeah. have good chemistry um but it yeah like i'm picturing this as like a hallmark christmas movie which you could very easily do and how painful it would be I'm glad that it I don't think I would like it if it didn't have this I don't think you can call it supernatural but this like mystical otherworldly aspect to it. I don't I think it would be almost unwatchable mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Um but because you have this this weirdness about like timelines and but if he did this then then how did she know this because at one point he plants this tree and then right out of nowhere there's a tree in front of her apartment and it just I, I now I'm thinking about like the logistics of this tree so does that mean that the second he put that tree there it it just came to be in 2006 or did that tree get planted and then grew because it was there and, for two years yeah I think it's more that if so why didn't the, they take it down because there was I mean it's kind of inconvenient there. for a lake house yeah, and I guess, you know, that's part of, I think, what where this movie also is lacking. At the same time, this could have gone very wrong. But you're right, you have this very, like, these mystical elements, but there is nothing, aside from the actual lake house, which I think they built for this movie, there is nothing visually fantastical. And yeah. I'm not saying you needed, like, thought clouds and, you know, a, like, I don't know, a Wes Anderson-type uh, filter over it. It, there's some, there's it's so grounded in reality that the mystical element is just 
almost even more ill-fitting. Like, I just don't think the director found a way to marry the two. And he could have gone either way. He could have gone very, like, timer, very straightforward and very, like, no, 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 this is real life and this is what's happening. It just has this one crazy element to it. Or it should have had something, I don't know, some charm to it that I think this movie really lacks. Um, I get what you're saying, but I find it, I don't know. I don't know if I could say charming. Mm. I, second time around, it was even better. I think I legitimately like this movie at this point. Huh. Um, I, I like that it exists. I do. (laughs) I didn't hate it. By no means did I hate it. Um, I liked watching it. I was... It was, again, part of it is I find the two of them very compelling to watch, so I was never bored watching. I could watch them do anything. Yeah. Um, I will probably never sit down and rewatch this, but if this was on again on TV, I would turn it on and probably be like, okay, wait, so so in the future, and then the past, and then they left the message, but then if she had died then, like, I would probably still want to, like... Uh, end up getting sucked into it again yeah and i think i think you just hit on something that that rang very true for me i think that this i wish this movie was higher concept but i understand why it's not because it's still kind of like a romance movie aiming towards a specific demographic so i think much like you i am just appreciative that a movie that is so high concept in this genre does exist with these actors it is fascinating to me yeah that's a good point because this this could have gone much wronger i think than it ultimately does and i don't know how this was marketed i think it was marketed as a you know romantic uh you know kind of romance i think it was marketed towards women as a romance i was shocked when i found out there was like a time element to it yeah because they probably didn't go with that. But then how would you... I I don't know how you would. Um, yeah, this would not be an easy one to sell, I don't think. It's the... Looking now, the screenwriter... So the director, again, is Italian. I don't really recognize him. The screenwriter was is a playwright. And um, he wrote Proof, was his kind of his big play that everybody uh-huh. knows. And what's interesting was... That was one of my notes watching it. Because I didn't know at first that it was based on another film... I wondered, I'm like, is it based on a book? I'm like, it actually feels very stagey. It feels like this could have been it a does. play. It Zach could have been a actually, two-person play. He actually made a comment that it felt like a um, soap opera. Mm. But that's yeah. that's the same, not the same, obviously not the same No, genre, but it's that but theatrical, it's that stage-bound, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hate the way Sandra Bullock dresses in this movie. Oh, boy. Right? Like... I don't know if it's just very of the time, which now, so it's this movie is 2005 or 2006, you know, there's something about, okay, well, fashion 10 years ago was like exactly what would not be in style now. But like, I don't know, it's like, it's just colors that don't match and she over accessorizes so much and I don't yeah. like it. And her, her 2006 hair is just like, yeesh. And she makes yeah. a comment that her 2004 hair is bad. And, I was right? like, and you're like, no, you, you had like no, nice no, long no. hair. It looked great. Like, no, no, that was a good, good year hair, year hair for you. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, and there's figure skating briefly in this movie. Briefly. Yep. Yeah. So it's bonus true. points for that. Uh, yeah. I'm, 
I'm glad we watched it because I again I feel like I have context now for this thing that you bring up more than you think you do. It is fascinating. It Maybe is. I do bring it up a lot because it's so interesting. It's one of those like how how did this movie come to be at this time with these with this cast? Uh, it, like who really saw this as a sellable movie? I think is where I find it fascinating because if it had gone more experimental and be like, Oh no, no, I get it. They were making this. They wanted to tell this story, but instead it's like, no, no, no. You wanted to sell this movie. Like you, you made a movie that was going to, you know, have a market, but it doesn't because you didn't do it right. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, Yeah. And I really hope more people watch it because I feel like I'm going to be referencing this movie so much now. Yeah. Because remember how, like, I used to always refer to it as being Silent Hilled? How, like, the end of Silent Hill, when the two characters are in the same room as Sean Bean, but they don't see each other because they're, like, in different dimensions or something? Now I'm going to refer to it as being Lake House. Yes. Yeah. Everything is, I've been Lake House. Have you been Lake House? Right. We were Lake House all this evening. It was crazy. Um, I'm sorry I missed your call. We were Lake (laughs) House. Oh, I'm totally going to do that at work from now on. Oh, did you ask me to finish that? I'm sorry. No, we must have been Lake House. I didn't get that message. Mm, Yes, I'll do it in two years. Mm, Yes, for everything now. I love it. All right. So, oh, another thing. I think we've, I know you're going to be thrilled when I suggest this. We kind of brought it up (laughs) a few episodes ago. Like, do we need to do ratings anymore? Or have we accepted that we're terrible at ratings and they don't matter? I remember you bringing that up. So do you want to just say we're not doing ratings anymore? Or do you want ten. to write this movie? Ten out of ten. <laughs> um, I'm giving um, ten we, we to Lake Houses. Do, we don't have to do ratings. Um, we can do, like, I recommend this movie. Yeah. And I, I already told you why. It's it's really strange. It's strange that it exists. I think oh, yes. there is a How Did This Get Made about it. I, I don't think I've listened to it, though. Um, but that's a good question. How did this get made? Because oh, yeah. this is the re- reunition of the two actors from the bus that couldn't slow down. So <laughs> that's how it got made. But it's such a high concept, weird movie that's not that high concept. And God is a dog, I think, you know, and a mailbox. <laughs> it's kind of like after tight when um, oh God, what was was it Revolution Road, Revolutionary Road, Revolution Road with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio? When it's like uh, yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, Road. Kate Winslet, the lovers you loved in Titanic reunite for a movie about two people who are married and who hate each other so much that an actual line in that movie is, "You're not even worth the." energy it would take to build a bomb and blow you up oh, actual line of revolution about a lot of people yeah um so yeah this is kind of um similar in that vein i guess yeah i mean i i recommend it too because you're not <laughs> i mean aside from the movie this was based on i assume you're not gonna see another movie quite like this i yeah do it everyone watch it mm. watch it all right so that was the lake house which as of the time of recording, you can stream on Vudu for free with commercials. Now, I cannot guarantee that by the time you listen, it hasn't moved to another streaming cloud. And by the way, Vudu, fuck you, Vudu, for the way your commercials are 12 points louder than your movie. Yeah. 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 That's like illegal to do in cable, and streaming services can get around it, but it is... 
really, really, like, I will probably never watch anything on Voodoo again if I don't have to. Because this that is a, obnoxious. This is a kind of a quiet movie, too. Yeah. And, like, it, it's really, really loud when that commercial comes on. So much so that it kept, like, I, I kept dropping things every time I get to a commercial. And Aww. then I'd be watching it. And it would kind of show you, like, you kind of knew a commercial was coming. And I didn't know how quick I was until I would scramble for the remote to mute it before that happened. <laughs> anyway that is the lake house uh before we talk about what we're going to cover next uh christine i believe you have a streaming recommend hopefully not on voodoo it's not i do have a streaming recommend and i'm sorry it took me so long um but it's a movie on hulu i think it's on hulu everybody <laughs> i think this movie is on hulu um it's called half magic Okay. I don't know if I you know what know. this movie is. It was, um, I'm double checking, but I believe it was written and directed by Heather Graham. Yep. Oh, written, wow. directed, starring Heather Graham. Um, <gasps> Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is in it. Angela Kinsey from The, the Office. Office is in it. Molly Shannon. And it's about Lady Witches. It oh. is the fucking greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. I needed, I needed this in my life. It's, wow. It's refreshing, and there's some some genuinely funny shit in it. And Heather Graham is a witch; she's a practicing witch. Um, I love Heather Graham. I talk about somebody I'd lay in traffic for, Heather Graham. Um, I I want I just I'm I'm never satisfied with her performances in most things. <gasps> she's really charming in this. I, I can believe you. I'm I'm definitely gonna give it a chance. That's I had no idea she wrote and directed a movie. Um there's some it's not perfect and there's a couple eye rolly things and I mean maybe I wanted this to be like the end all be all feminist witch movie, but like there's a couple like gender things where I'm just like, Oh, stop feeding into gender norms. Mm, but it. like you can't have it all, sure, everybody. Sure. Um, so for my money, this is this is a pretty great movie. Okay, cool. I've never heard of it. Um, I am very interested, and I will check it out. I hope it's still on Hulu. Uh, it. I don't know if it is, but it is rentable on Amazon. So oh, also okay. All right, my um, so my recommend is also written and directed by a woman, um, and it is essentially like okay, so. Like You Were Never Really Here, it is about, it is also about a veteran with PTSD uh, dealing with some personal demons and his only relationship being with a young girl. And this is Deborah Granick's, um Leave No Trace. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. Um. So Deborah Granick is the woman who directed Winter's Bone and Down to the Bone. Yes. So I guess her first. I've... She's finally not including bone in the title of her movie. I'm so glad you watched this. Is this going to destroy me? Probably. Yes. Yeah. That's why so, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. It's. Um. I. I. 
so I don't know that I enjoyed it as much. Winter's Bone. I I will lay in traffic for Winter's Bone. I absolutely love Winter's <laughs> Bone. I think, and I think most people agree, Winter's Bone is a fantastic movie. It's really great. It is also a subject matter and setting that I find just personally really appeals to me. The the Ozarks and the mountain people and all that. Like that for me is like yeah, I can watch this on loop. Um, so Leave No Trace is Ben Foster, the amazing Ben Foster, who doesn't mm-hmm. never gets enough credit. Is a um, you know, clearly he's been through some shit. Uh, he is a widow, presumably. Um, actually, no. Yes, you find out. Yes, he is raising his daughter alone. His daughter is, I think, about 13. Fantastic young actress. Deborah Granick can direct young women incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are living off the grid. They're living in the woods. And they're happy. And then they are forced to live in society. And Ben Foster has a really hard time doing that. And nah, man. I don't think I can watch this movie. Oh, you have to. Here's the thing. <laughs> it is... So, um, what I found really interesting watching it was it was one of those movies I didn't realize how much it was affecting me until it was over. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of those movies where you're kind of, yeah. you're, you're just not, like, whereas Winter's Bone is also, like, a thriller in a sense. Like, you're, you're scared in that movie. In this, it's much quieter. It's, it's much more kind of just day-to-day things. And the stakes don't seem quite as high. They are high, but they, it just seems like a calmer movie. And I don't know, like, then I realized, like, this is, it just was heavy in me. One of the things I love about this movie that I think is just something Deborah Granick does so well, this, it is, is how there are no villains in this movie. It's not like, um oh yeah, the child services caught them and now here's the, you know, Mrs. Finch from Follow That Bird who's after them to make sure Mm -hmm. that this girl goes to school or, you know, any of that. All of the people they encounter who are on the other side of what they want to be are kind, are um, sympathetic or understanding. There's a great scene where um, they're trying to hitchhike and there's a, you know, they, they kind of find a trucker and he's trying to say, you know, please take me and my daughter away. And the trucker is plain and simple saying, I need to talk to your daughter. Um, I need to make sure this is okay, that this isn't something dangerous, that I'm not, that, that you're not abusing this girl. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like little moment of giving this character who you're only going to see for one scene, humanity, and this idea that it's not that there are monsters out there. It's not that... Um, you know, Ben Ben Foster is suffering from a lot of stuff, and it's not. Oh no, the world is so bad to him. Like, no, no, no. There's the, there's a bad world out there, but there's also wonderful things in it and wonderful people in it, and there's just scenes of people being kind and peaceful, and like I don't know, that really like warmed me. And this movie, mm-hmm. I don't know, I find it very warming. And yes, it's it's sad. I'm I I don't know that. It, it, I don't know. The ending is sad. It's happy. It's not. It's not easy, um, but I just I found this so good, and I like I wanted it to be good, but I wasn't expecting it to be much just because I haven't heard it spoken about the same way Winter's Bone was, and I don't know it's it's probably at the same level of Winter's Bone. It's just not, it's such a different type of movie. Uh, it's good. It's on hmm. Amazon Prime. You should watch it. Is it? I I've been yeah okay. Well, it was in the theater, and I was like, I want to see it. And yeah. Then- I, I didn't push because I didn't really want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it was, like, the only movie this year that had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. Because, yeah. like, how could you not walk away from this movie and say, wow, that was that was a great movie? Um, yeah, so I encourage everybody to see it. 
All right. Uh, now, along the lines of Amazon Prime, um, so we've decided our next episode, we are also going to cover a movie. Uh, uh, by the way, at this temporarily maybe temporarily maybe for sure we don't know we've been trying to like do like we've been doing one movie because um christine gets home a little later now so it's like oh it's gonna be a longer up like we want to keep the episode short having said that we're like almost at two hours again so well, you know great on that um but so we're gonna do a movie that's on amazon prime that yes. a lot of people had very strong opinions of yeah you you've seen it once yes um, and I know you, you've seen it zero. Times. I've seen it zero. Uh, you seem to. I remember when you watched, you were kind of like, "I want you to see it. I want to talk about it." Uh, and I've heard so many people with like best of and worst of lists. This movie showing up, and that is Annihilation. Yeah, which is I'm excited to look at it again. What's his name? Danny something. Uh, not Danny Boyle. Uh, Alex Garland. <laughs> Danny Boyle. Well, no, because Danny Boyle, like, and Alex, no, Danny Boyle directed all the Alex Garland scripts, and Alex no. Garland is like no. doing it on his own. So that's... I just think it's funny that if we should just lean into it and be like, we're doing the Danny we're doing Boyle Danny movie. Boyle's Annihilation. Um, yes, starring Kira Knightley, and um, I'm trying to. Look, I'm looking at the cast and trying to do like the alternate of all of these actors. <laughs> so like, okay, instead of Natalie Portman, we do Kira Knightley. Instead of Jennifer Jason Lee, we do. Um, Laura Linney. Like in my mind, we're just gonna rewrite this whole movie. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yes, we uh-huh. are. Yep. All right. So that will be our next episode. People, if you would like to talk about any of the movies we've talked about today, please come to Facebook and do so. Yeah, that's a place that we go. Pretty much. There's Twitter somewhere out there. I keep forgetting that it's out there. So come to Facebook. It's easier. And did you have anything you want to tell people about? Any Anything they should find of you? I don't think so. <laughs> Buy your books? Read your books? Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is Christine, and I have books. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at paraxtine, P-A-R-A-X-T-I-N-E, if you don't already. Um, I talk there sometimes. <laughs> and you should read Wake Up Maggie, and I forget the name of your anthology. I have a book of short stories. Um, it's called Never to Return Again, and I have a novel that I wrote. I'm also um, into upcoming um, compilations, anthology things. So that's cool. That's very cool. And everybody that's should read all these to. things. Thank all you. Right. Emily's good, too. Oh, thanks. She does stuff. She yeah, should talk about it. I suppose I do. Yeah, I mean, I still write about horror movies at DeadlyDollsHouse.com. Oh, read about horror movies. Or... Um, I forget the last I've, I've had a good run of like a lot of Lifetime movies are hitting um, Netflix so mm. you know there's those too but alright folks on that note happy dregs of January cold weather and misery uh, we hope to cheer you up by movie talk have a good yeah. night You yeah goodbye everybody Time I went and said goodbye